Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang, and、uh, you may have heard about that. And the stop mortgage payment,、um, such a campaign, is、uh, spreading in China, and now it seems to have a、uh, spreading beyond the real estate、uh, field and into other areas like、uh, the banking industry. So that's the would that trigger a major financial meltdown in China? That's the topic today. So. Okay, I'm your host Wei Fang, and Kathy is not here today.、Uh, let me share with you、uh, our with our plan. Okay, we're thinking about、uh, bringing this show to a to a daily show, and with、uh, Wei doing two days and Kathy doing another two days, and then on Friday we'll be doing hosting the show together. So let's try that. Our hope is really to help you, you know, understand China better, and also help you, how to say, understand American better through. The eyes of、uh, you know Asian American as we immigrate here, and with our own you know、uh, perspective, and、um, so far we thank you very much for being with us and、um, supporting us and、um, how to say just um, just uh, you know taking our what what do we share, and really appreciate that and especially thank you for your donation for this program. And、uh, yeah, your your support is great encouragement encouragement to us. And before we start, if you can take the time,、um, you know, just press the the, the thumbs up, and、uh, yeah, and making sure you stay subscribed.、Uh, hopefully, we can carry on and make this a daily show so that、uh, we can bring the best information that we think,、um, you know, is is you know to you. Okay, so. So today, before we talk about this major, how to say, that maybe it's the starting point of a major financial crisis. Okay, so before that, I want to spend a few minutes talk about this pandemic issue in China. Okay, so the most recent news is that more than half of the China's area, more than twenty out of the thirty-one provinces, has been have a you know re-eruption of the、uh, pandemic. And then the authorities, you know, the regime's reaction is to, you know, whole population acid test and lock down the cities. Those they lock down. The, the most recent news is, to, which is of today, out of the 16、um, districts in Shanghai, nine of them, or nearly 60 percent of them,、uh, has been, have been locked down. And then all, you know, people living in those districts have to receive two acid tests within three days. That really gets some, you know, Shanghainese scared to death after being locked down for two months. Some of them even, you know, at the verge of the starving to death. Some people maybe they already starved to death. Nobody would have the number because, you know, finding out such such truth itself is、uh, is, is dangerous. So in the city of Tianjin, which is a major metropolitan area just outside of Beijing, to the you know southeast of Beijing, because of two cases, okay. Two cases, the city government ordered 13 million people to go, you know, at tonight. Okay, receive a or receive one round of acid test. There's other city like、uh, Chengdu, you know, the the, the 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 capital city in the Sichuan province. You mean like the Sichuan food, the spicy food in that province? Okay, the capital. They found 14 cases. Okay, and then they locked down the Chengdu province for、uh, Chengdu city for seven days. And then the and then the other three cities. I will not go too much into it. So how severe the situation is? We want to ask ourselves. Let me tell you how severe it is. In the last seven days, every single day, every single day, we have more than we have about three hundred ninety new cases in China. 
All right. How to put that into perspective? Let me share with you. In Vietnam, every single day, they reported the 750 new cases. In Thailand, which is also neighboring China, 1,800 cases per day. Philippines, 2,600 per day. And America, 22,000 cases a day. And Taiwan, 24,000 cases a day. So comparatively, yeah, maybe Tony, you can show that graph that I want, you know, want, to, you know, want you to show. You can take a look. Yes, after spike, you see at the, you know, the right edge of this chart, that a little bit, okay? So we're talking about only 390 cases. So it's basically, it's a non-issue. It's a non-issue, okay? It's uh, better than virtually all the other countries, especially in the Southeast Asia. But the lockdown policy is more severe than any nation, more than North Korea, can you believe that? So not just the, the, those few cities I mentioned to you, it's more than 20 provinces and cities they start uh, the whole population as AC test and the lockdown. And then not just that, okay, two mid-level officials, they were, you know, removed from their position. And there's this nationwide reporting saying that because they are, they were not proactive enough in executing this zero COVID policy. So they were punished. So that pretty much sent this message out there. So every officials, watch out, okay? You have to be proactive in executing the top leader, which is Xi Jinping's uh, zero COVID policy. So as we understand, Omicron, which is the main, you know, just uh, spreading virus in China, is pretty much just a, a, a how to say, a, a more severe, like a flu, a flu type of things, because the virus does not go into the lung, just stay here and above. So pretty much you'd sneeze, you got some headache, you're running nose and things like that. Just pretty much like a flu, okay? So with that flu, they are willing to lock down more than 20 provinces and the cities. And what's the cost of the lockdown? It's huge. You know, people with heart disease, with, with the diabetes, they cannot go to hospital, and then they cannot, uh, you know, seek treatment. And then also other like acute diseases, they, they just die. And they die because they cannot even get to the emergency of the hospital because they are locked down too. And um, so why did China do this? You know, we want to ask ourselves, why did they do that? Actually, Xi Jinping, you know, made this clear. In a, in a recent speech, he said, we would rather lose some, um, how to sacrifice a little bit of economic development than to put our people's safety and health in the harm's way looks very rational, looks very caring, right? So, and they also said, you know, in the, in the West, uh, <clears throat> the, the herd immunization, immunization in the West, and then it's the wrong way. Um, if, we, if we learn from that and follow that, we're going to pay dearly, all right? So the medical expert has concluded that uh, Omicron, it's uh, spreading much, much higher than other, you know, type of virus, but it's the, the, the death rate and uh, se severity is much, much, the harm is much, much lower than the other type of a virus. So it's much easier to cure that. So in majority of the countries in the world, they all adopted the, you know, the, the, the way of just coexist with the, with the virus. In, in the U.S., as you know, you live there, I live here, I live in San Francisco, I went to you know restaurant actually over this weekend. We, Kathy and I went back to San Francisco to move some more stuff out. 
So we went to the restaurant. There's not even a mask mandate. Life goes on, life back to normal. But in China, it's because of that 390 cases, they turned the half of the country upside down because they have the power. That's what they do. And why did they do that? Why did Xi Jinping do that? Because, let me tell you this reason. Maybe you don't believe it. Because he's, he's misinformed. He doesn't know the truth. You know, he's courted by all those, um, how to say, those, um, what's the word of that? Siphon? Anyway, so the people, dishonest people who want to police the supreme leader so that they, they can get, keep their position and keep their benefit and keep all those, you know, the, the corrupted you know, earning they got from, the, from serving Xi Jinping. They don't tell him the truth. So he, he does have this, how to say, moral high ground, saying that I don't mind just you know, sacrifice some economic development because I want to care for people's health. Okay, that's the moral high ground. The second, he got the number, right? 390 versus 22,000 in the U.S. We must have been doing a better job. Okay, the third is the political correctness because he is at the verge, you know, just ahead of the 20th Party's Congress, which would, which would happen in November, which would certify him uh, to be the permanent, permanent leader of China. So he cannot afford his policy being overturned. By other people, so has to, he has to insist that. But this moral high ground, these numbers, none of them make sense for anybody who lived through the two-month ruthless lockdown in China. It's just torture. You are at the verge of, you know, death because you got nothing to eat. If you don't eat anything, how many days can you persist? Can you survive? Xi Jinping doesn't know anything about that. Nobody will tell him that. So he leave his. Uh, you know, the tip of his ivy, not an ivory, <laughs> how to say, horn. And then he just, um, and he has all the power of China, so can, he, he can't do anything he wants. So now let's come to the second topic. This is a stop um, mortgage payment matter. So why do, do, do I want to report this to you? Why do you care? Because I want you to understand that what it's like in China, first thing. The second, what kind of crisis that the Chinese government could be facing right now? All right, so for 30 years, as I reported to you last time, for 30 years, China's real estate is a big bubble. Anybody, any insider, any real estate expert, any economics, they know it's a bubble. Emphatically, I want to mention three people, okay, uh, who know this is a bubble. The first person is Gordon Chang. You may know him. He's, a, how to say, Fox News commentator. He wrote a lot of books. And one of the book is in the, the 2011. He wrote a book called The Coming Collapse of China. Okay, because he, will, he worked work in Hong Kong and Shanghai for 20 years. He firsthand, he saw what it's like in China, how you know, prevalent the corruption is, how corrupt, you know, basically, yeah, just how bad it is. He know that the, the bubble cannot, you know, just uh, cannot hold for any longer time. So he wrote that book, however, 11 years later, the bubble did not burst. He seems to be quote-unquote wrong. Well, another person who really believed this bubble, is uh, his name is called Xie Guozhong. Xie Guozhong is a, how to say, um, he went to MIT and got a the the doctor PhD in, in, in economics, okay, from MIT. So then he became the first uh, econ economist of Morgan JP Morgan, okay, and for, how to say, for six years, the um, institutional um, invest, investor magazine 
okay, voted him to be the best economist of China, uh, of, of, of Asia. So he correctly predicted the financial crisis of Asia, and uh, he, you know, in the 20, 2008 financial meltdown in the U.S., financial recess, and then, but he also also wrong. He, he, some of his predictions are also wrong. In the 2011, just like Gordon Chang and Xie Guozhong also predict the bubble of the real estate of China will burst. It did not happen. 11 years later, it's still hold there. The third person who believed is a bubble, his name is Xi Jinping, the supreme leader of China. Okay, why? Uh, okay, as early as 2016, he said, housing is for live, is for living, it's not for investing. Okay, because he saw the bubble too big. He thinks it's irrational. He wants to squeeze it. He wants to, want to contain it. He doesn't want it to be grow out of shape, out of, out of portion. Okay, he issued that, you know, his statement is actually is a, is a directive saying that uh, house is for living, it's not for investing. Because in China, okay, what's the manifest, uh, manifestation of the you know, house, housing being a bubble? Many, many, how to say, a mid-class family owns several um, apartments, several condominiums. And then some of them are empty for long years. Doesn't matter. Because when they sell it, they always sell a better price a few years down the road. You hold it, it's going to become more valuable. So it doesn't even matter to find a, you know, the, the, the leaser, uh, you know, a renter for that. It is just like that. You know, the people, everybody in the, you know, on the street, and uh, they talk about buying the house. When you stop at a traffic light, people give you a pamphlet saying that this is the house you can buy nearby. It's just like uh, the whole population is buying houses. So 70% of the wealth in the you know, peop Chinese people are in real estate. It is just that crazy. So Xi Jinping knows that too. So not only he said housing is for, the house is for living, it's not for investing, because he's the supreme leader. He can issue order. So actually the central government issued like a three red lines early last year. So that to you know, just contain the bubble a little bit. And what are they? The first red line saying that uh, um, your debt versus asset cannot be packed, cannot be more than seventy percent, not accounting the you know the, the advance uh, deposit, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the down payment for the house housing project. So which means if it's a housing project, that how, how they do this? The real estate uh, companies in China, they develop a model house, then they spread the word, saying that Kate. Come take a look. Come take a look. If you like this house, oh boy, it's gonna worth a lot a few years down the road. You better, you know, buy it now. So before they even buy the second, you know, build the second house, they they're able to sell like 30 or 50 units, and the people give them down payment. They use the, that collected down payment as the fund to buy goods and start to build the second house. That's the way it is. What it is. So the, those 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 money are called advanced deposit. So the first red line is saying that counting out the advanced deposit, your debt versus your asset cannot be more than 70%. So basically a way saying that you have to be solid, you have to have you know, enough asset, you cannot borrow too much, right? Seems to be a reasonable red line. The second red line is counting everything. Your debt versus asset cannot be, cannot be more than 100%. So this pretty much is saying that you cannot take too much advanced deposit because that could introduce some risk too, right? So it doesn't make sense. 
you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't it. The third red line is uh, your cash. The cash ratio and your short-term debt. What is short-term debt? It's because, you know, short-term cash, right? You buy a cash, you buy a short-term debt, you got the cash, you have to return in a short time. So your cash versus your short-term debt cannot be less than 1%, uh, 100%. Pretty much saying that you cannot borrow more than what you have. So three red lines seems to make sense. When they apply that, that trigger the bursting, the, the, the crisis of the financial, uh, real estate uh, industry in China, okay, since last September. So you, you would ask why. It seems to make sense. And uh, why, why that you know, play an adverse effect? Two reasons. The first, the Xi Jinping did not know and did not estimate and cannot predict the bubble is so big. It's beyond, you know, beyond his imagination already. And then for the largest real estate uh, companies like, uh, like uh, Everglade, right, Evergrande, you know, their, their assets, assets are what, two, $2 trillion, China dollars. And you think this is great, very, very shiny, well-respected company, just like our Apple or our, um, what, HP or Intel. And then their debt is $2.6 trillion. The companies are fake. Okay, this is the first thing. He did not, did not that, know that they borrow so much money. They borrow so much money. They borrow from their investor, they borrow their supplier, they borrow from their, how to say, their, their construction, construction company, they borrow from the you know, distributor, they borrow from everybody. Sometimes they take their money, they don't pay back. They borrow money, they don't pay, pay back. They just hold on to those money because they know the more money they have, the bigger ball they're going to make. And the ball is, is, is a ball of, of housing. The house price always go up. It will be able to, sold, to be sold. They, they, they will make their money back. So they just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. Borrowing out of proportion. Because the housing price always goes up. Okay? So after, if the bubble you know, is burst, cannot, be, cannot go up, then they're, they're going to discover all those shiny, brand name, real estate company, they got so many bad debt, they simply cannot pay back. It's, it's a mess inside the bubble. Xi Jinping did not know that. Okay? So when that happened, this is um, when that got bursted, uh, when they cannot borrow more money, then they, they have no new money to blow up the bubble. Okay? Then the debt is due, they have to pay back, they don't have the money, so that's where the crisis of uh, Evergrande or Hengda or the China's uh, real estate, you know, how that come about. So when that come about, they got, they got no money, okay? The government doesn't want to bail them out. The government, you know, they don't like it. They say, you make all the good money and now in the, when you are in this situation, I have to bail you out, I don't want to bail you out. So they don't do that, okay? So actually it's not too, too much wrong not to do that. They could just let them bankrupt and get rid of those bad operating companies, have the new generation of uh, solid and healthy and uh, conservative companies to survive that. No, they don't let them go bankrupt. They say you cannot bank go bankrupt because if you go bankrupt, it's going to destabilize the society. So they, can, they receive no help, they receive no infusion of the money, and then they, don't, they are not allowed to go bankrupt. So pretty much they just let the problem sit there. As the problems sit, they grow and they grow and they grow. 
Okay, so last week the uh, the China's uh, banking industry, okay, the index dropped eight percent in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, and the two two big bank, um, one is uh, China's um, um, post bank, post office bank, you know, that's the bank in all the, in, the vertical industry. Then some other um, some other bank, major major bank, okay, they, they lost 15% and, uh, and 13%, okay, it's called Zhaoshang Yinhang, okay, the commerce bank of China dropped the 15% in one week, and then the post bank dropped the 13%, so because why, because when those people, um, when those people who buy, put down the down payment, and then start to pay the mortgage, waiting for that, uh, you know, promised, you know, housing to be delivered, and then the developers have no money, Okay, they, they, they just cannot borrow anymore. They don't have any money. So the housing project stay unfinished and there's no hope for it to continue. So they, they just feel that, oh, why do I want to pay this mortgage payment? Well, I, I have no hope to even, you know, getting the house that I already paid for. So they stop paying that. When they stop paying that, the bank will say, oh boy, I'm going to get a, got a lot of bad loan here. So that's what the bank um, face. Um, so at this time, at this time, Chinese government is saying that uh, they just issue orders, saying those banks release, release loan to the real estate agencies, uh, the real estate developers, rescue the situation. They can issue those orders, but the bank doesn't want to do it because banks saying those are very, you know, companies on the verge of destruction. What would happen if I lend them more money? So the bank did not follow the order. So again, the real estate agent, I'm sorry, the real estate developers like Evergrande, they receive no help. So this is where China is at this time. So what could be, if you read the Wall Street Journal, you probably will read that uh, the problem is under control. It will not trigger systematic meltdown because, um, well, first, generally Chinese people are very behaving in terms of paying mortgage. The bad debt is only like 1.9%. Okay, after this uh, stop payment movement, uh, only 1.9% is much, much safer than other country. So it's not that bad. Okay, the second is, uh, you know, it's only like a, it's called a, like a grade three or grade four cities. Like a rural country, rural cities, those kind of, you know, places. It's not like in Shenzhen or Guangzhou or Shanghai or Beijing, those first, uh, how to say, great, um, first, first grade cities. It doesn't matter. Okay. And um, fourth is uh, another reason is that government then they could still bail them out. They can always bail them out. Is that true? Maybe they're true. Maybe it's a, it's a small matter. It will pass in a few days. Maybe not. Okay. So it's possible that uh, if, if going when when like a Ever, Evergrande and the company like that went through the, the the nightmare in the last one year, they are literally scared to death. Nobody dared to play this borrow and develop type of game. Even the government want them to borrow money. They dare not to do so. A heavy, heavy airplane already landed. They are not able to take off anymore. They are not because they are scared to death. So in short, let me tell you my conclusion and we can watch that. The fast development of China is very likely hence stopped. Real estate and related industry take 40%, 40% of China's economy, okay? Now in the future, you probably won't be looking at China grow 9% or 10% or 5.5%, okay? They, if they can, if they, doesn't, if they don't shrink, 
is already good news. This is how bad the situation is. Xi Jinping believed that we just sacrifice a little economic development. You know, we're always redevelop. We're so fast. We're so, we were so strong. We're always, you know, ever growing. We always grow. No. Now this round of, uh, you know, just uh, poke open and uh, burst the bubble, and uh, everybody was scared to death. They dare not, not for a long time, to jump in and re-pick up this, rebuild this bubble anymore. So the price, house price, chances are will be dropping. As they dropped, think about those families own several condos. Some of them are empty. Will they still hold on to those underwater assets? No, they're going to sell it. As they sell, the price go down even further. So that's going to trigger a chain of other domino effects. It could be happening. Okay, and I will, you know, watch them and update them as they happen or as they don't happen. I report to you to the truth. What will happen in China? But. Uh, but at least, I, really, I would like to say with confidence that uh, um, China's fat, fast developing China is coming to a halt. They're not in that, in, in that mode or in that track anymore. And, uh, but of course, as we say, U.S. Is not, is not in better shape, right? As you know, the inflation and everything. And, uh, you know, these two countries are both racing to the bottom. But China is worse, you know. Yeah, the media that you read may not, may not tell you that. But uh, if you trust Wei... And Kathy, um, we'll see. We'll see whether you, well, you know, it's worth, we, we can earn, earn your trust. It's worth your trust. All right. So let me see. Do you have any feedback? I want to know that um, whether you like what I said. Uh, so Ting Ting said, I don't know how it works, but it will protect my people. Yeah. Okay. And um, Ruth, you wrote the circling drain. These are big dominoes. It's very likely. Okay, it's likely. And uh, Jerome the Jewel said, great investigative reporting. Thanks to Wendy Cathy. Thank you. Thank you, Jerome. And uh, Gordon Chang was correct, just off by about 20 years. Yes, because the government is so strong, right? It controls all the element. So when they face crisis, they can find a way to just uh, you know, squeeze through that. But they never resolve the problem. The bubble just keeps growing. They just kick the can down the road. It's not the can; it's not there anymore. The can become bigger as they kick, kick it off. So, someday it's going to come back. Okay, Louis, you, you said, uh, how can you sell a condo that is not even finished? The people are back holders. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's what they sell. They sell a lot of things, virtually most of things, before it's even finished. After model house, they sell everything because the house always go up. It's just so crazy. They grow, grow like almost like a dozens of times in a matter of 20 years. So it's that kind of crazy, crazy, craziness. All right. So, and um, yeah. Okay. So that's the story for today. Tomorrow, Kathy will be bringing you a interview of an investigative reporter. And his name is Ethan Gunman. He's a filmmaker. He's an investigative journalist. He's a podcaster. And he's a writer. And he's a, uh, did I say filmmaker? And he's also a human rights activist. And um, so will be a very interesting story, okay, an in in-depth interview of Ethan Godman. All right, that will be all for today, and thank you for staying with us tonight, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye.